All right, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing amazing on this uh, Sunday after Easter. And I hope last Easter was a great day for you and a, and a great week for your family. And uh, I hope you're doing well. Hope things are going good. Hope uh, God is working in your heart, in your life. That as we talk about buckling up and the statements that Jesus makes about life and truth and heaven and eternity when he says truly truly i say to you i hope we too you know step up lean up and take note of what jesus is saying today today between the resurrection of jesus what we talked about on easter you know that empty tomb and jesus Truly, truly statement to us was what stone? Like what stone? I don't see any stone. To the ascension, when Jesus goes back into heaven, between those two events, the resurrection and the ascension, for 40 days, Jesus appeared to the disciples and to all kinds of people. This 40-day period that we call the appearances of Jesus when he appeared to people. Various people in various ways over a period of, think about it, 40 days. That's not, that's not a short period of time, 40 days. That's about six weeks. It's about a month and a half. For a month and a half after Jesus rose from the dead, he walked around and he appeared to people, to lots of people. You know, numbers I mean a lot in the Bible. If you look at numbers, different numbers, like the number one it represents God because God is one. And number one just represents the fact that he is God. Uh, the number seven is a number of perfection. And uh, we see that number used 600 times in the Bible, the number seven. It's a very important number for God and for his people. The number six usually has a negative connotation to it, the number six. Jesus hung on the cross for six hours. In the garden, man was to, after the curse, the post-curse, man was to work the ground for six days and on the seventh day rest the number 12 is a number of authority in the bible we think about the the uh, 12 tribes in the old testament we think about the 12 apostles there were 12 gates on the temple the number 12 has an important meaning to it the number three also has sig significance in the bible Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days. And that number three has other meanings as well. The number 40, the number 40 comes up over and over and over again. And what we see here is he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, 40 days. And so I want to talk about the number 40 for a minute. Remember the flood, 40 days and 40 nights. 
Remember Moses, 120 years Moses lived. And you break that up into three periods, and they're 40, 40, 40. Very clear 40-year periods in Moses' life. On Mount Sinai, Moses went up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. The spies went into the land for 40 days. Israel wandered for 40 years. Goliath taunted Saul's army for 40 days. And David put an end to that. Elijah ran from Jezebel for 40 days. Elijah, uh, three, there were three great kings in the Old Testament. There were many kings in the, in the Old Testament, but the three of the first great kings were Saul, David, and Solomon, and each of them reigned for, you guessed it, 40 years. Jonah preached to Nineveh when he, when he came out of the belly of the whale, finally went to Nineveh, preached for 40 days to repent. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. The maximum number of lashes that someone could have in a flogging or a scourging was 40 lashes. And so most people got 39. And here in our passage, or in our theme today, Jesus is going to appear over a period of 40 days. This is not a mistake. There's great meaning behind the 40 days that Jesus appears to people. And there is more to the 40 than we will ever be able to discover or know. The thing about the number 40 is it relates, it seems, to uh, trials or testing or a hardship or even maybe transformation when things happen in 40 the number 40 increments, 40 years, 40 days, uh, 40. With all that said, the number 40 is also just the number 40. 40, 40 days, 40 days, one day after another, totaling the number 40. So what I'd like to do is take a look at some of the appearances of Jesus and then answer the question, why the appearances? Why did Jesus feel the need? Why did God feel the need for Jesus to appear to us after everything that he had already done? Why this 40-day period of appearances? And I'm going to suggest you three things, but there's some others, probably far more intense than what I might share with you, but I want to share with you at the end of this why I believe Jesus appeared to the disciples and to people after he died and before he ascended into heaven. I want to start with a passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes, and here's what Paul says. Now, brothers and sisters, that's you, that's me, that's all of us, that's the church, that's God's people. I want to remind you of the gospel that I preach to you. This is Paul reminding them of the gospel. Remember, Paul's talking to uh, the Corinthian church. He's talking to a group of people that live in Corinth, and they make up what is known as the church. So the letter is to them. Anything we can glean from it is good for us as well. But let's first remember that this letter is to those brothers and those sisters and much of it will apply to all brothers and all sisters. He says, I preach you which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. That's kind of cool, right? Paul preached the gospel. They believed it. They trust Jesus and they are banking their life on it. That's cool. Verse two, by this gospel, the gospel about Jesus died, buried, 
resurrected that gospel of who Jesus is, the life of Christ, by this gospel you are saved. There is no other gospel in the world that can do what Jesus' gospel can do. None other. There is no other person. There is no other so-called prophet. There is no other so-called God out there anywhere or system of teaching by which you can be saved and made right with God the Father. Only in this gospel of Jesus Christ, the one that they have taken their stand and the one in which they are saved. If, Paul says, I love this, verse 2, by this gospel you are saved, and then that word if, I love that word if, because lots of people want to leave the if out. We're just saved by grace. We're just saved by knowing Jesus and by accepting Jesus as Lord. You're, you're good to go with God, and that is so not true. Paul very clearly puts this if in here for a big reason. Look what he says, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. So it is possible to believe in vain. It's possible to believe in Jesus, to believe that he came, to believe that he rose from the dead, to believe all that stuff and not be saved. It's possible. The demons believe in Jesus and they're not saved. And so belief is good but belief with no actions is vain. It's just vain. There's plenty of people in this world who have a form of religion, but they do not have, they do not have a life of obedience. And this is what Jesus is looking for. This is what he's looking for. If you hold firmly, holding firmly to the word of God means applying it to your life like the wise man who built his house on the rock. We are building our life on the truths and the teachings of Jesus. In there, you're saved. Outside of there, you are lost. You have believed in vain. Look what he goes on to say. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. I'm sorry. Let me skip down. We're good. Um, otherwise, you have believed in vain. Verse 3, for what I received, I repassed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared now Paul's sharing with them the gospel again he's reminding them of that gospel the center theme of the gospel is Jesus Jesus Paul says I received this from Jesus. Remember, Paul was blinded on the road to Damascus. He was going there to kill Christians. Jesus appears to Paul. Jesus changes Paul's life. Paul's now on fire for Jesus. Paul's now going out and preaching Jesus. And this is the message. I pass this on to you, which is what of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, that Christ was buried, right? And that he was raised on the third day. You know what this is? This is the gospel right here. He died, he was buried, and he raised. You know what that is? That's baptism. Paul is saying, when we give our life to Christ and we are immersed into Jesus, we are baptized into Christ, we are, we are reenacting, we are following Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's what Jesus did for you. And when we give our life to Christ and we're immersed into Christ, that's what we are doing as a sign back to God. We are dying to ourselves. We are being buried with Christ in water, and we are raising out of that water to live a new life. And But, but here's the part we're getting to. And that he appeared. That he appeared. Check this out. That he appeared to Cephas, 
That's Peter. And then to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of them who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Some have died. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. Let's think about this for a minute. Paul is saying, Jesus appeared to a whole lot of people. Paul is saying Jesus appeared over a, a period of time. He appeared to all these different people. Peter, the 12. He appeared to hundreds. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters. At the same time, they all saw him. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, Jesus dies. He's buried. He raises from the dead. And he doesn't just go back to heaven he spends time appearing to many different people in many different occasions all over. And then Paul says, uh, most of whom are still living. In other words, Paul is saying, look, they're still alive. It wasn't that long ago when he wrote this. He's saying, you can go talk to them. You can go ask them. Ask them what they saw. Some of them have fallen asleep, but some of them are still alive. You want to you you verify the story? Go talk to them. They're eyewitnesses of the story. And Paul says he's paired to James and to the apostles again. And then he says, last of all, me is one of them. Remember, Paul, Paul saw Jesus on that road on his way to persecute Christians. So Paul became a Christian after Jesus goes back into heaven. And now Paul is persecuting the church in the book of Acts. And Paul is going to have this amazing encounter with Jesus. Here's a list. Let me, let me just show you. Jesus appeared not, not just to a few people. And not just for a day, or two days, or three days, or a short period of time. He appeared to hundreds of people. Jesus appeared. He appeared to many, many people in many, many ways over a long period of time. That is incredible. It's incredibly gracious of God. God did not do this for himself. God did this for you and me. Let me share with you uh, some, some appearances of Jesus. This is going to hit lots of them, but maybe not most, most all, every one of them. We just read the list out of 1 Corinthians. Paul says who Jesus appeared to these different groups of people. Here's the list. Early Sunday morning, Jesus appears to Mary at the tomb. Though... Shortly after that, Jesus appears to the women as they are coming back to the tomb. Peter, Jesus appears to Peter near Jerusalem later on that same day of the resurrection. Jesus appears to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that same day. That same evening, Jesus appears in Jerusalem to the apostles. Thomas is not there. Sunday evening, the day of the resurrection, Jesus is going to appear in Jerusalem to all the apostles and to especially Thomas when he's going to say to Thomas, go ahead, Thomas, put your hand in the hole in my side. Put your fingers in the hole in my wrist. Stop doubting, Thomas, and believe. A week later, Jesus is going to appear to the seven to seven disciples that are fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And it's at that time that he's going to say to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Three times he's going to ask Peter if he loves me. Three times because that number three, Peter denied Jesus 
three times. And Jesus is going to reaffirm Peter by saying, Peter, do you love me? Three times. And Peter, three times, is going to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. To the, to the uh, to 11 disciples on the mountain in Galilee, Jesus appears to over 500 disciples at once. Jesus appears to James and all the apostles, to the apostles and to others at the end of the 40, or near the very end of the 40 days on the Mount of Olives near Bethany at the Ascension. And Jesus is going to appear to the people after the Ascension. After the Ascension, after he goes back to heaven, he's going to appear to people again. He's going to appear to Stephen the day that he is martyred. He's going to uh, appear to Paul or Saul on, his on the road to Damascus that we just talked about with Paul. And he's going to appear to John on the island of Patmos. All kinds of appearances, different locations, different ways, different reasons, doing different things. Jesus is just coming and going over those 40 days, appearing to people over this long period of time. In John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said these words. He said this, if I be lifted up, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And Jesus was lifted up in three different ways. First of all, Jesus was lifted up on a cross and suspended from the earth when he was crucified. He was lifted up. Jesus was raised or lifted up when he rose from the dead, conquering the grave and, and, and resurrecting from, from death to life again, coming back to life. And the third time, Jesus is going to ascend into heaven. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Jesus clearly was lifted up in those three occasions. There are dozens of Old Testament prophecies that talk about Jesus' life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, the power of Christ. And the Hebrew writer brings the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament together, all of their work together in Hebrews chapter uh, 1 verses 1 to 4 when he says this, check this out, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Sounds like the appearances of Jesus, doesn't it? Through in the old time, in the past, through, in, uh, through our ancestors, through the prophets, God spoke to our ancestors back then, many times, various ways, but in these last days, the Hebrew writer says, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also, by the way, he made the universe. This Jesus, the same son, the son of God. The son is the, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his part. Jesus sustains everything in the universe by his Word, after he had, and this is important, provided purification for sins, when he died on the cross and was buried in the tomb, he paid, he provided purification for our sins. He then was raised to life again, conquering the grave, and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So Jesus became as much superior to the angels as the name that he has inherited is superior to theirs. That's a mouthful, but that's basically saying Jesus, the name of Jesus is the greatest name in all of human history, in all in all of the universe, in all of creation, the name of Jesus is the greatest name. And only in Jesus 
and his death, burial, resurrection, and his appearances. This whole process of Jesus conquering death and the grave and then ascending back into heaven is all part of the greatness of God. He is the Son of God. He came to this earth. He spoke to us from the Father and he provided purification for our sin. And then he took a seat. He took his seat right there next to his Father in heaven. He clearly is alive and well and back home with his Father. And so why? Why? Why is the resurrection or why is the, the appearances of Jesus so important to us? Why is it important that he appeared for a period of 40 days? Why? Well, let me share with you three quick reasons why. Why Jesus appeared after his death and resurrection. Why did Jesus, why did God take the time for Jesus to spend 40 more days on this earth after he conquered death and the devil and destroyed sin and destroyed death and gave us all the hope we needed. And then he ascends back in. Why the 40 days of appearances? Number one, I believe, number one, for further proof of his lordship. He was trying to say to the world, I am the Lord. I am God. I am Christ. All of it. All of it. The miracles, the healings, the signs, and the wonders were proof of Jesus' power and authority, the resurrection being the final blow to Satan's quest to destroy all of mankind, separating us from God forever. Jesus crushes, he crushed any and all hope that the devil had. The devil's plans were destroyed by Christ. And at the very time that he appeared to more people, not just for further proof of his authority, but scorning all of death's shame. When Jesus appeared to all of these people, it was as if Jesus was saying, I not only conquered death, the, the greatest weapon that the devil has against human beings, death, the final act, Jesus is saying, I not only conquered that, I not only went through the grave and died and rose from the grave, but I want everyone to see me. I want the world to see me alive after death so that I leave no doubt in their mind that I am Lord and I am God of the universe, the one who made everything, the one who is who I said I was. Further proof of his lordship. Secondly, I think Jesus appeared for 40 days to silence his critics. To silence his critics. I'm not sure I spelled this correctly. If I didn't, forgive me. Don't get hung up on that. All those who did not believe who he was, and there were plenty of people who didn't believe, who had doubts. The religious leaders didn't want to buy into it. They didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ. To admit that Jesus was, was also to admit that they blew it, that they, they didn't even see it. And by the time Jesus got into his ministry, it was too late for them to admit it. And they wouldn't 
See, all those who did not believe who Jesus was would now have to deal with Jesus walking around the earth for 40 more days. They, they would not only maybe see evidence that he was alive and he appeared to people, but they would hear people talking about it. They would hear that he did this, that he did that. This is after they crucified him. They thought they were done with Jesus. And all that happened was fuel on the fire of God's grace and glory and power. And the critics, they were silenced. They could say nothing. And the leaders were scrambling. They were beginning to realize. They were beginning to realize that either, uh, either their evil plan did not work, or, or, they played right into God's hand. Either what we did didn't work, or Jesus, Jesus just outsmarted us. That death was part of His plan. And we all know that it was. And they played right into the hand of God. But either way, either way, they had to do something. And in Matthew chapter 28, here's, here's what the scripture says. Check this out. While the women were on their way, some guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. This is after the resurrection. And when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised, they devised a plan. And here's what they did. They gave, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. And so the soldiers took the money as did as did as they were and did as they were instructed and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. See Jesus is alive and appearing to people and the critics are silenced but they can't stay silent they got to do something and what do they decide to do? We're going to pay the guards that were guarding that tomb that were probably executed. And we're gonna, we're gonna get them to at least make up the story that the disciples came, overpowered the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, and then took the body. That's the story we're gonna go with. The problem was they could not deny the fact that Jesus was standing right there in their midst for 40 days appearing to people in different situations all over the place, hundreds of people at the same time, hanging out with them, eating with them, fishing with them, letting them stick their fingers in the holes. Even one of Jesus' own became a doubter. And in the appearances, Jesus is saying to his critics, I'm right here. I've been right here the whole time. You thought you killed me and I went into a grave, but here I am again. I'm alive and I am well, now and forever. And so I think the second reason that we have 40 days of appearances is because Jesus wanted to silence his critics. And the third thing I think is this, to solidify in the minds of his disciples exactly 
who he said he is. I think in the resurrection and the appearances of Jesus, what he was doing was trying to help his disciples erase any bit of doubt in his lordship, his messiahship, and that he is the Christ, the savior of the world. With power to do what Jesus said he would do so that they would know without any doubt that they too, not only did Jesus die and rise again, but that they too will die and rise again. They will live again after death. They will live again. And Jesus demonstrates this. He lives it out. He shows them, look, I died. I was buried. And look, I'm alive again. And you too will live again. Death is not the end. In Christ, we have hope on the other side of the grave. And Jesus, for 40 days, is appearing to all these people on the other side of the grave. That's insane. It just blows our mind. Thomas is probably the best example. He wasn't sure of his faith and honest doubt in his heart. And to, to Thomas, Jesus said, come here, Thomas. Go ahead. Touch. Touch. See, Thomas, it's me. Stop doubting and believe. See, Jesus, he left no doubt. He left no doubt in their minds. No doubt. Eyewitness testimony. Not just a few people, but hundreds of people in any court of law. This eyewitness account, hundreds of people, is a slam dunk that it truly happened. And for the disciples, the spark that would thrust them out into the world. They had the Great Commission. They had all that Jesus taught and said. They had him die. They had him rise from the dead. They, they saw Jesus alive for a period of 40 days. And then they watched him ascend. And in all that was the final, the final spark that set a blaze on fire in their hearts that sent them out into the world to tell everybody that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and we need to believe and live our lives according to his truths. It, it sealed the deal for sure. See, the roller coaster ride of emotion that was, it was great. It was great for these disciples at the end of Jesus' life. For three years, Jesus did amazing miracles and taught amazing things. And then that last week, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and all of the hype that went with that, that he is the Messiah, he is Lord, he is great, he is the one fulfilling all the, wor the words of the prophets. And then in that upper room, in the powerful testimony of Jesus, as he washes their feet, as he talks about the new covenant in his blood and in his body, incredible things all came crumbling down in the garden when the soldiers come and Judas leads them and they arrest Jesus and he goes to trial and he's sentenced and he's brutally beaten. It all happens so fast. And then that day of silence, that Saturday, where nothing seemed to happen, seemed like the longest day ever. And then Jesus rises from the dead. Could this be? He's alive. The women say he's not there. 
The pain and agony is now turned to sheer celebration. Joy came in the morning, just like Jesus promised. What could possibly be better than this? How about this? 40 more days of walking around the earth with Jesus. When they thought it was over and his work was finished and he was going to go back to heaven and we wouldn't see him again for 40 more days, Jesus is going to spend with them before he would ascend back into heaven. If that's not joy in the morning, I don't know what is. And I love how John, I love how John ends chapter 20 of his letter. Then Jesus told him, Thomas, because you have seen me, Thomas, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. That's us. That's you and me, guys. We didn't get to live in that period, but we are banking on their testimony. We're banking on their eyewitness account. We're banking on, on who Jesus is, who he said he was and what he did and that they wrote it down. And now we get to read it, know it, and believe it. Jesus says, you believe because you saw. Blessed are those people who live years from now who are going to believe in me and haven't seen me. Not yet, anyway. They will. And Jesus, Jesus performed, John says, verse 30, Jesus performed many, many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in the book. But these are written so that you and I might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in Jesus' name. That you and I might have life in Jesus. That you and I would believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah of the world, that he is the Son of God. And that by that faith, by our trust in Christ, we'll have life in his name, the name of Jesus. You know, it's so like God. It is so like God to go beyond the call of duty, to pour out more grace than we could ever need. He didn't have to give us all of those appearances. He didn't have to give us 40 days of appearances to make sure that we believed. But for us, but for us, oh, unbelieving people, he did. He did. Because he's such a gracious God. Because he knows that we struggle. And he did. For 40 days, he appeared to so many people. In so many ways. Hundreds. Hundreds of people. Eyewitnesses. He did that for you and me. Because he loves us. He loves us. And so that our, so that our faith in Christ would be strengthened so that we would be strengthened and put the final cap on the work and the ministry and the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension with 40 days of appearing to people to help us all understand for, for sure, without any doubt, that Jesus is exactly who he said he is. Buckle up. Buckle up, because when you put your faith in Jesus, that is what you're going to need to do. Strap in and hold on for the ride. God bless you guys. Have a great week. And I hope that the truth about the appearances of Jesus 
will motivate you to go out and do what the disciples did, and that is tell everyone. Tell everyone you know that God loves us, that he sent his son for us, and that by placing our faith and trust in Christ, living our life for him, we can all, we can all have life. Anyone, anyone can have life. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys. God bless you. Have a great day.